When I was a college kid back in the day, like 11 or 12 years ago, one of the meals I enjoyed the most was a bowl of ramen noodles. You crushed up the package of noodles, you put them in a bowl, you added some water, and you cooked it for three minutes. Who wouldn't love that? You could get 12 bowls of soup for just a couple of dollars. You can make chicken flavored or you can make beef flavored. Those are the two most popular ones that I used. Now we have some ramen noodles in our pantry at home. And recently we've been turning a brick of cheap noodles into something wonderful. We've been making stir fry out of it. We cook some red peppers and some snap peas and add some stir fry sauce and cook the noodles and add the noodles into the sauce and voila, you have yourself some good old fashioned stir fry. And currently it's becoming a weekly hit in the Macklin household. It doesn't only look good, but it tastes great as well. And to think that the finished product came from a cheap brick of hard noodles is amazing. It's like we turned what seems like nothing into something. This is what happens in the scripture this morning. To set up the story, be reminded that the Israelites are on a journey towards the promised land of Canaan. It's a 40-year journey that takes, and a lot takes place on the journey, and one of the things that happens on that journey is the Israelites receive the Ten Commandments. But they've come from slavery in Egypt. They're now freed from slavery by God through the leadership of Moses, and they're following Moses' leadership, sometimes, in the wilderness. The book of Exodus is about this journey and about their exit from slavery towards the land in which they will eventually settle. The scripture this morning comes to us as the Israelites are on their journey when they set up at a camp at a place called Rephidim. However, there's a problem that's taking place. There's a lot of people to feed. Now, God's providing the daily manna from heaven to sustain them, but they have a different kind of problem on this day. There was no water for anyone to drink. Scripture says that the Israelites argued with Moses and said to him, Give us water to drink. Moses doesn't understand why they're arguing with him and why they're testing the Lord in this situation. But the Israelites continued to argue with Moses and even threw in some complaining. So Moses cries out to God and asks God what he should do in this situation with no water and a bunch of grumbling people that he's called to leave. In fact, they were so angry with Moses that they were getting ready to hurl stones at him. <clears throat> so God says to Moses, go on ahead of the people and take some elders with you. Take your shepherd's rod and go, and I'll be standing there in front of you at the rock at Horeb. Hit the rock, water will come out of it, and people will be able to drink. So this is what Moses does. He's able to supply the thirsty Israelites with water to quench their thirst on the journey in the wilderness. Just like we turn those ramen noodles into something glorious, God turns a plain rock into something useful for God's beloved people, the Israelites. And today we can be reminded that God can turn what seems like nothing into something. You know, maybe that's what we're supposed to remember from this story today. God can take what seems like nothing and turn it into something. I think about someone like Moses who thought, who am I to go and rescue the Israelites from slavery? God turned Moses' life into something quite amazing. Think about the Apostle Paul who was formerly Saul. He was arresting and persecuting early Christians. 
until God turned his nothing into something. Paul was converted to Christianity and wrote much of the New Testament as we have it. I think about faithful Sunday school teachers or youth leaders who feel like, am I getting through to these kids or these youth or what? And God takes what it is that you offer and turns it into something amazing. You never know the seeds of love that you plant within the hearts of those children. And you know something? There's always hope, and our God can do some miraculous things. God can turn our nothing into something. But as we continue on with that thought in our minds, there's also some things we can glean from this scripture. Last week, I planned on taking a day to work down near the beach while my son Luke was at school. I had everything packed like a student and ready to go the night before. And when morning came, I was so busy making sure that my son brushed his teeth and had his medicine and had his book bag packed with the right things that I realized on the ride to Lewis that I forgot what was most important for my work day. I left my computer, my books, and my paperwork at home. They were all packed and ready to go, so instead of working from down in Lewis all day, I had to drive all the way back to Seaford to get my things. Sometimes we can just be forgetful, can't we? Remembering is important for us. When it comes to our discipleship, it's important to remember many things, but sometimes we can become forgetful and need reminders. And when it comes to remembering some things, I'd like to share two of them with you today based off of the scripture in Exodus. And the first is this. <clears throat> Don't forget where you were. Or maybe a better way of saying it is don't forget about where you've come from. Some of us have come a long way since we entered into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And as the old saying goes, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm sure not where I used to be. Now, the Israelites could have used this reminder for sure. Think about it. They're griping and complaining for water to the point that they want to go back to Egypt? Hello? They're saying, why, oh why, Moses? Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us all with thirst? Seriously? You've just been rescued from slavery. You saw the Red Sea split and you walked through it as the Egyptians were chasing you down. You were miraculously rescued from your bondage. What do you mean? Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us with thirst? Maybe the Israelites need a Snickers so that they can calm down and stop over-exaggerating. In this moment, Israel, although thirsty, needs to remember that Moses and God rescued them from slavery. They need to remember where it is they were and where it is that they're, where they're headed. <clears throat> the journey may be tough at times, but... You're headed to the promised land. Oftentimes, we can be spiritually thirsty on the journey and be tempted to go back to the way things were before we became a Christian. Sometimes it may be easier, we think. But remember how far you've come on your journey. Remember how you've grown in your faith. Don't give up on God in the hard times, but call out to God even more, even if you don't feel like it and even if you feel like God isn't there. Because God is there. And God is with us always. So wherever you are on the spiritual journey this morning, don't forget where you were, even if you feel like you're currently in the wilderness and all alone. You're certainly not alone. <clears throat> when I was in seminary, I took a required class called Clinical Pastoral Education. I've shared that with, with some of you before. 
and it was all about serving in a hospital setting for an extended period of time. And from the fall to the spring one year, I spent a couple days a week at Atlantic General Hospital in Berlin, Maryland. Through visiting patients who were coming out of surgery or sick or in the ICU or in the emergency room, I learned an awful lot in that time. I also learned an awful lot about myself. <clears throat> one day I got a call to the ER about a young man, a little younger than me, who had died. I don't recall the actual cause of death, but I do remember the encounter I had with others on that day. And as I walked into the room where the body was, I saw two of the deceased man's good friends who were standing next to him and in shock. They couldn't believe that their friend was dead, and in this moment, my mind is racing. What could I possibly say in this moment? Should I just awkwardly stand here with them? Should I just introduce myself and give them privacy? Should I try to have a conversation with them? And as I recall, the one thing I could think of to do was to pray, to cry out to God, to try to bring some sort of peace and comfort to some friends that were mourning. Sometimes all we can do is be present with others. Sometimes all we can do is cry out to God and pray to the Lord. And this brings me to another thing we can be reminded of today. <clears throat> don't only not forget where it is you were, but don't forget, secondly, to cry out to the Lord. I love what Moses does here. It's almost like he's being pushed into a corner by a lot of angry and thirsty Israelites. Moses doesn't really know what else to do here. He doesn't have the right answers for them. He doesn't know where to find water himself. So he does what we all perhaps should do when we don't know what else to do. Moses cries out to the Lord. He goes to God for help and clarity and an answer for what is currently going on in his life. And he says to God, what should I do with these people? Think about it. If Moses didn't cry out to the Lord, he would have been potentially or he would have had potentially some people die of thirst in the wilderness. He potentially would have been stoned if he didn't cry out to the Lord. But he had enough sense to go to God in the midst of his trial and seek <clears throat> wisdom and understanding. And because he did that, God provided him with an answer. Do we have enough sense to go to God in the midst of our trials? What about you? Where do you seek your answers? Where do you turn to in times of trouble? when you need clarity, <clears throat> when you're seeking a path forward, when you're standing at a fork in the road, have you considered truly crying out to the Lord? Have you considered that God may speak to you and give you peace about whatever it is that you seek to have an answer to? As disciples of Jesus Christ, let us never forget the importance of crying out to God. <clears throat> you may feel like Moses, where you're pushed into a corner right now. Things are crazy at home or at work or in your family. Everybody's pulling you this direction and that direction. Cry out to the Lord. Take time to be with God and experience God's loving presence with you. In fact, I want you to take a moment right now to cry out to God. Take time to talk to God wherever you are listening to this right now. Take a moment to just pray to God. Share what's on your heart. I'll give you just a few moments.
Don't forget that God can make something out of nothing. Don't forget how far you've come on your spiritual journey. We're all on this journey together. Some of us are in different seasons and different places on the journey, but that's okay. Let's all choose the road that leads to the love of God and neighbor. And while you're on the journey, don't forget where you came from. We don't need to turn back or backslide. We'll, <clears throat> we'll keep looking forward. And as you don't forget where you came from, remember to be a disciple that isn't afraid to cry out to the Lord like Moses did. Because we can't do this alone. We need God. As the popular worship song says, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Amen. <clears throat>